A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And just like that, October is done. And so are we. Welcome along to the Cultaholic.com Month in Review for October. We are a man down on the Month in Review panel this month. Normally to everyone's left. He is so far left, he's gone south. Fraser Porter, not here with us for this month's Month in Review. But of course, we cannot do the Month in Review without the Cultaholic.com tribal editor-in-chief. Aidan Gippens joins us today. Aidan, how you doing? Hello, Tom. The real OG is still here. The- <laughs> The real OG is still standing, baby. Um, If you are a Patreon with us, thank you for supporting us. As a special treat, you get to see Aiden's lovely mustard jumper. Mustard jumper. Uniqlo, this. It's what? Uniqlo, the brand. Uniqlo? Yeah, I bought it while I was in London. Ooh, someone's doing all right. £22. That's a great... Absolute bargain. Feel how soft it is. That's a lovely... Lovely. That is a lovely Lovely soft soft, jumper. See, this one I've had for years. I think it's a... It, it's still slightly soft. It's still somewhat soft, but it's like a coat. It feels cozy to me. Mm. Probably a bit harsh to others. Yeah, I think. And it's soft on the inside, like I'm you. Soft on the inside. <laughs> I'm sorry, all your favourites are soft. Uh, how's your month been, Aidan? It's been good. I went to London, as mentioned. As mentioned, you had a trip down to London. What did you do in London? I saw Tomohiro Ishii and Shingo Takagi hit each other really hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> me and Carla, my fiance, went to Royal Quest. Did you have a lovely time? Had a lovely time. Went to the NFL. The Ravens won, so that was excellent as well. Oh, nice. And then we ate lots of food. That was very expensive. Is and, it because it was in London? Yes. And travel around London. I don't like London at times. So I like all the events in London, but it's very hassly, bustly place. Hustly and indeed bustly. Yeah. I think a lot of Americans who listen just assume that we live near London we, when we don't. Well, 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 we are relative to the size of their country. Oh, yes. The size of their country completely. But 400 miles for us is like... A million miles away. <laughs> yeah, it might as well be on a different planet. Well, you've got to do about 29 accents by the time you hit London. <laughs> <laughs> but also the vibe is different and the, yeah. the conurbation's different. The, the prices are different. So, like, I think we both had... You had a trip to London. I had a quick trip to London myself at the start mm. of the month. Went to go and see Frozen at the Drury Lane Theatre. It was Alex's birthday present this year. Didn't see The Muffin Man. We didn't see the Muffin Man, sadly. I did ask at least one person, and they're like, oh, it's very droll. No one's ever said that, ever. I thought that. But yeah, I I don't mind dipping in and out of London and shaking it all about in London and then getting away again. I don't mind it once every few years, and then then for a weekend, then it can piss off again. Yeah! Because the the only issue you've got with London is it's not like, it's it's a good holiday, but it's not relaxing. It's not like going to like Tenerife or Mm. a nice beach holiday. It's not quite the same thing, is or, it? Oh, Australasia or something like that. Like, oh, oh, nice. And sp- speaking of London, it's where Fraser is right now, so fuck you, Fraser. Fuck you, Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> He's having a nice time in London, I'm sure. Mm. Um, 
I had a lovely month, but you know what? I think the big part of my month we'll talk about a bit later in the coltholic.com oh, yes. month in review. Yeah. I think we'll do it there. Nothing's happened for you this month apart it's from been London. Dead quiet. Nothing at all. Certainly no debuts of any sort. Nothing. For anybody. Not at all. Um, normally, this is where we will hear something from uh, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando, who took great, uh, who took uh, great grievance with the fact that when he moved out of the office, he wouldn't be on this podcast anymore. So he likes to keep his toe in the water uh, by writing a letter to us every month uh, with an update. Jackie Orlando, you may know from the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. He's one of our writers for our feature pieces and some of our uh, longer form videos. And he is uh, a bit of a wrestling historian in his own right as well. He is, and on Cultaholic.com. And he's a writer on the Cultaholic. Jack of all trades. He's a Jack Atkins of all <laughs> trades. And he writes a letter every month just to touch base with us. So what do we have this month, Aiden? Yeah, so he's feeling particularly spicy after we've been taking the piss out of him for the last three months. After that hard-fought um, He's hard-fought victory. He's hard-fought victory. That was a good scout accent, that was. So, Both good and bad. <laughs> so we've had a telegram received from All Saints Clothing, Spitalfields, London, November 1st, 2023. <laughs> so it starts off, ah, yeah. <laughs> it's good already. Yeah. Now that all of that Halloween shite is out of the way, we can celebrate what truly matters, my birthday later this month. Yay! As for this past month, it's all a blur, really. I had some time off where I lay in bed complaining of ill health, and the only wrestling I've managed to watch was Wrestle Dream back on the first. I know. <laughs> But ho-hum, Survivor Series is on the way, as is full gear, and another week off for me. <laughs> He's got another week He's off? Got another week off. Fucking well, hell. Well, you remember the running joke of 2022 where he was never here for a single big story. Yeah. Misses and, them all. And that has continued into this year. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, congrats as always to Tom Campbell, as my sources tell me he won the X Division, the Ultimate X Match or something. <laughs> <laughs> And then we've got congrats too to Aidan Gimms, who has just learned of the end of rationing. <laughs> <laughs> Little cheeky to get split spirit there, terrible. <laughs> and further congrats to Fraser Porter, who I believe bought a ticket with his own money to attend a WWE house show, The Big Fucking Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also got a new nickname this month, a new persona, where it's your pal, the woodwind creeper, <laughs> Rick Rabella. And then it just ends with TNA, TNA, TNA. <laughs> right, so explain the Rick Rubella to us, Tom. Um, <laughs> we were chatting about, like, like Jeff Jarrett and hitting people with a guitar. And, uh, and we, 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 we sort of, we, could, we pondered the other weapons that you could use in lieu of a guitar, to which he made me howl on the way into work as I read his message where he said I'd walk around <laughs> shoving recorders at people's asses, <laughs> which is such a departure from kabonging someone with a guitar to Jackie Orlando sticking just just impaling people with recorders right up the arse, <laughs> impaling them right <laughs> And it just it just hit me funny bone. And then he came out with a new name, which you've just heard there, the Woodwind Creeper. Rick, <laughs> Rick, Rick Rubella. Rick Rubella. But initially, I misread it as the Woodland Creeper. And I pictured him like, Barry, him like the stalker through. Barry Windham up in the trees. <laughs> All I wanted to think, a little, like, <coughs> a little like Jack Atkins chipmunk just rustling <laughs> through. There he is, roaming along. Oh, thank you. Wood Scaring the shit out of foxes and stuff. <laughs> 
If he, hey, if he doesn't scare the shit out, I'm pretty sure the recorder up the arse will do that. <laughs> either way, it's an excellent laxative. Either, either way, you're shitting your pants. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Rick Rubella slash Jackie Orlando. Let's get into uh, the month of October 2023 on the cold month in review. So um, we kick off with a, a major signing uh, for AEW that occurred on the very first day of October. Day Juan. Like, Juan. Literally, I think we hinted at this last month because we recorded it on the first October. We're like, ooh, something's happened, but yeah, we'll find about it. We can't it talk about it because it happened until October. Yeah. But the official thing, Adam Copeland, formerly known as Edge, officially signed with All Elite Wrestling. And on that day, October 1st, he, he saw, saw clearly. clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to get the shit jokes in straight away. Um, of course, we've t- we've covered this before because we sort of all knew it was gonna happen. It was very well hinted at. Um, there was plenty of doubt around his WWE future following his August eighteenth SmackDown match with Sheamus, which Edge revealed was the final match of his WWE contract. There were then rumours immediately following this that he wanted too much money from WWE, or WWE were unwilling to pay what Edge wanted, and the expectation was he would sign with All Elite Wrestling with his debut at WrestleDream because Tony Khan hit there'll be a new era of AEW because he loves doing that new eras. He loves an announcement. This is like his seventh one now <laughs> or something like that. Um, but the debut after all that hype indeed ended up happening. But there we were. I was asleep while Jack Atkins was awake and so were you, Tom. Of the end of the WrestleDream pay-per-view, Christian Cage defeats Darby Allen. Um, Nick Wayne, who was turning heel minutes beforehand, him, Luchasaurus and Christian Cage, they beat down the good old Sting and they beat down Darby Allen, and where we go from there is just before the bout hit a concerto, um, Metalingus by Alterbridge fills the arena. Adam Copeland, not Edge, rushes out. Christian Cage looks like just looks terrified. He's like, Oh my god, but he doesn't rush out, he does his full entrance. That is true, but he runs to one side and then doesn't run to the other side because it's empty. Yeah. But, but he does one side and goes, Yes, and then just the Jeff Hardy way he takes ages, but then he rushes down after all his entrance. <laughs> And he makes the save. And then I think he spears Luchasaurus after the show or spears Nick Wayne after the show goes off the air. I'm pretty sure they both get spears. Yeah. Not to spears. Mm. Sean Spears. Not even a Sean Spears, though. <laughs> um, but sort of like, we, we, we kind of, we all knew it was going to happen, but it was never directly confirmed. And what Ed reveals beforehand is that um, he stayed in Redmond, Washington, which is about 15 miles outside of Seattle, which is where Wrestle Dream took place. Um, he was briefly spotted by a child uh, just eating a burger while reading a book, but Edge just shushed him and the kid went, okay, Mr. Edge. Oh, and that kid ran straight to Melzer. <laughs> he ran straight to Melzer. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> um, so we didn't find out, but Edge has since, well, Adam Copeland has since revealed why he signed with AEW. Um, one of the reasons was simply that um, he asked his daughters about what he should do. He considered retirement, whether he should resign with WWE, whether he should go to AEW. They told him to go and be with Uncle Jay, who of oh. course is Christian. Um, and Edge himself admitted to Beth Phoenix's wife that the perfect world for him and ending his career was with Christian. But part of it as well is that he's mentioned how him and WWE sort of drifted apart over the last couple of years and that WWE simply didn't have much for him anymore basically. And while AEW did, and he's, he's, he's full-time in AEW now, but what he did say was, part of me coming here is that I want to contribute. I wanted to help. I just felt like here, I'd be really able to do that and have the opportunity to be able to do that. So he's helpful all around. It was, you, you're absolutely right. And I think any even like the, the, the staunchest of WWE fans would agree, like Edge kind of did everything 
he could do in WWE. Yeah. That was kind of, he'd reached the ceiling of everything. He could win a world title, I guess. That'd be the only other thing would have been to win a world title. But, but the, the time had been passed for that, hadn't it really in 2020? Yeah, there, there was a moment and they didn't jump on it because, you know, Roman Reigns and uh, they just sort of kept him sort of in the mix. Obviously, the Judgment Day was born because of Edge. Uh, but then he's been really open about that whole thing as well and how he had a vision for what it was. And the vision for Edge's vision for what the Judgment Day was going to be just didn't quite scan, not just with the Judgment Day, but with the crowd. So as soon as Edge left it and they kind of found their own voice. It's become the top faction on it's Raw. It's become one of the top factions on Raw. And that's not a dig to Edge. It's just sometimes, you know. Some the, things don't work. The, the pieces don't fit in the hole. And in that occasion, in that occasion, it didn't. Because he, he had the mountains of omnis, omnipotence or something, didn't he? Yeah, it, it was quite, quite grandiose. And they had suits. And it just, I, I the, the way that we've got them now, I think is exactly where they should have yeah. been from day dot. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I kind of done everything he needed to do once that whole system had, had ended. And there's a lot of people that you would think, like leaving WWE to go and have a, a short run in AEW, we kind of we kind of poo-poo that quite a lot because it feels like, like you know, you're running on fumes the last part of your career. But a bit like the sort of like TNA 2008, 2009 yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, but with this, it's different because you've got Christian over there, and they these two are so intrinsically entwined in wrestling that. Wherever there, wherever the one is, the other should be there to wrap it up. You know that feels right to me. Yeah. I, I think the, this is such a perfect ending. It's such a perfect ending for for Adam Copeland to be involved in a story with Christian Cage uh, in AEW as opposed to not in WWE. Obviously, you know, had Christian been in WWE, I'd have said that'd be the perfect place to end. But that's what I, that's that's my vibe. Uh, it was, of course, once it happened. Uh, WWE presented Fastlane soon after that. And, of course, at the press conference afterwards, Triple H addressed it. Yeah, so he, he was asked basically like just about Edge's departure. And Triple H said, time was right for him. Time was right for us. I think he had an amazing career and an amazing send-off here. I think he felt like he had done what there was to do. We sort of felt, I think he's right. Oh, no, I've written that in brackets. We sort of felt, I think he's right. <laughs> uh, we wish him the best. There is no animosity here. There are no hard feelings. He's doing what's right for him and his family. I'm happy for him. Very happy for him. I sent her a message. I'm happy for you. I'm proud of him and happy for Very happy for him. I think he's happy for him. I'm happy for him. <laughs> this has to be right for you. This is a grind, a lot of hard work. It has to be right for you. If somebody feels like a different opportunity is better for them, great. That's wonderful. The machine doesn't stop for anyone. So let's sum up. He's happy mm. and it's right. <laughs> and, and also, he goes on to say in that press conference as well, he says what Edge's departure does is open up a spot for someone new and young and hungry to come in and there are plenty yeah. that are going to do that. And I think that's the, that's the attitude attitude under with Triple H's WWE in the sense that right they're gone and it's a shame it's built up the next them. generation now yeah but let's have now someone needs to fill that spot you know and you know, there's plenty that have stepped in it's given LA Knight room to breathe and, and I think he is that young up and comer that young up and comer in his 40s LA Knight <laughs> go on lad it's not about age it's about TV age That's and it's true. fine and you're only a babber uh, it's fine but it gives opportunity for you know guys like Grayson Waller to step up and do more and you know you, you, you're going to see other people in the mix there. And I think that's the right, that's the right way to look at it. And he is absolutely, and whereas WWE, he was, he was doing like short runs and short bursts. He's absolutely thrown himself into yeah. AEW life. Full time. Full time but, with AEW. And he's helping behind the scenes, he's helping on the scenes. 
mm. on screen and all that sort of stuff. But like, since his debut, he's only had one match where it was he wrestled Luchasaurus, which was on the night where AEW Dynamite and NXT went head to head. We'll get to that a bit later mm. on. Um, he's remained connected with Christian, of course. So, I mean, he hasn't had a match announced for full gear yet, but it certainly looks like it's going to be Christian Cage, Nick Wynn, Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus versus Sting and Darby Allen and Edge. Well, mm. Adam Cope, you need to get used to that. <laughs> um, I mean, even MGF called him Edge. But sort of, we've had 80% of that match confirmed, but just Sting and Darby Allen's partner that hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, but and there's a good chance it'll be Adam Copeland. Yeah. Also, what it looks like is it looks like you'll be forming a trio with FTR at some point. Not not necessarily in the near future, but maybe sometime down the line. Yeah. Because all three of them have trademarked rated FTR. They're, yeah, I can see them. I mean, the same way that they, I think they, they trademarked CMFTR as well. They've also got... Um, like RKO FTR or something yeah. as well. They just they just hedging their bets. They just love a trio. Don't they? <laughs> they love a bloody trio. I think Adam Copeland's been a great get for AEW. We've seen some interesting signings from AEW over the last uh, few months. Less of going for the younger talent and more for names. Very and much going for the established. Yeah, the, and, and veterans. You know, for good or for bad. I guess we'll see. I mean, historically, I think we've we've. Slated companies that have drafted older talent over younger talent, and especially when the whole idea with AEW for a lot of, especially the early, well, I say the early years, still early, but like the first couple of years was we'll bring in the veterans and they're there to bring up like the sort of younger guys, like a sort of like top level, like the people like Jack Perry, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, like MGF, like sort of like people like Jericho and that, especially with sort of like how can we get these guys to the same level we are. And I would sort of like they're at that level, but AEW is now supplanting that with a lot more veterans like Edge. I mean, Chris, I can't really complain about a lot of them because they're all still in really good shape. It can still go. Yeah, that's and that's a. Di- I think you you can't that's, just that's go. The they're difference. a veteran. That means that's wrong. Yeah, you have to look at you have to look at each case as a case by case thing. Christian Cage is a veteran, but my God, has he been entertaining? He's like probably like the like the best guy on TV right now. Yeah, and AEW. he's created some magic there, and you can't just go. Well, he's a veteran, so we can't use him. So yeah. let's put some on who won't be as entertaining unfortunately that is the case there are some legends they brought in that really haven't done as much as they could have done um but in terms of the ones that we've seen so far um i i think the adam copeland christian cage story is great i don't want to see that uh, anywhere near end just yet yeah and you know and, and aw have proved in the past they can tell a nice long story yeah you know. I mean, the the end goal for this as well is, is eventually the reunion, isn't it? Where yeah. They, they both turn babyface, and that'll be the final Edge and Christian run. But what, like 20 years since the last Edge and Christian yes, tag like team that. run? You have, you have them have like a, a proper brutal match next year. Yeah. Get it all out of their system, and then you have them tag team. Yeah. They go off into the sunset as a team. That'd be nice. Uh, speaking of going off into the sunset, um, Vince McMahon has been a big talking point in October, uh, as it looks as if there's been some succession-based shenanigans going on within TKO Group Holdings and Endeavour. Oh, yes. There's certainly been some political machinations. Oh, to... some political McMahon machinations, My you own. say? Oh. <laughs> Oh. Speak, before before we cover that, McMahon, did, did you see him in Saudi Arabia? I did, did see him in Saudi he, Arabia. He, he, he looked, shaved his moustache a little bit. Yeah, he just looks a little bit old now, doesn't he, bless him? He looks him. old. But in fairness, he had spinal surgery this year, so... He's still got his cane, hasn't he? Yeah. He, he declared Saudi Arabia was WWE's home. WWE's home. Like, oh, okay. You're like, you, you just want more money, mate. Just built an office in Stamford. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case, Your Honour. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, we did. Yeah, so he was there for the uh, for the boxing fight. Him and Undertaker. Yeah, Tyson Fury against Francis and Garnu. He was sat on the same row as Mike uh, Tyson. Mike Tyson and Eminem. I know what a combination what that a is. Horrible combination. <laughs> I joke. It's a. I mean. It's, it's just, an interesting combination rather than a horrible combination. But what you get is just these, all these like mad concoctious celebrities just sort of like, yeah, sit on the same row. Yeah. Just, it's, like, it's like that table at a wedding of just like miscellaneous. Yeah. You're just like, right, like, we've got Bill from work and Steph <laughs> from accounting. I think they'll get on with Steve, yeah. you know, the funny bloke from the other office. Like, uh, and your Uncle Bill. <laughs> you're, you're the pub regular. Get him in too. It'll be all right. <laughs> but yeah, so Vince McMahon. Mm. So it's a very interesting year for Vince McMahon as we we've covered throughout he forced his way back into WWE and then sold the company and the, the perception was very much that he's agreed to sell WWE to Endeavor which is then merges with USA into TKA Group Holdings WWE that is the idea is that this is all done very much to secure Vince McMahon's future at the top of creative he can st- he's still there to book Omos versus Riddick Moss and stuff <laughs> like that there he is like all this sort of stuff but no I mean, we sort of had little inklings because WD TV was sort of a bit more Triple H is probably the right mm. the right word, maybe. Um, it had all the hallmarks of Triple H's booking, and what we found out this month is um, Vince McMahon is no longer the head of WD Creative. Of course, from April, what he's been is sort of like the overseer, like just a bit like the Emperor and Star Wars is there. Not, yeah. He's not a nitty gritty, but he can make any changes he wants to. Um, which has been doing remotely while Triple H sort of writes all the shows and Vince just changes whatever he wants. But now, though, it's just Triple H as the head of creative. And this all stems from Endeavor and TKA Group CEO Ari Emanuel. Sort of the perception within, like, privately and publicly was that Vince McMahon would be the wrestling guy of TKO and that Ari Emanuel would defer to Vince McMahon on any things they sort of disagreed on. But that has not been the case. Instead, Vince McMahon has been overruled on WWE Creative and has been removed from his position. And essentially, he's found his power now marginalized within WWE. He's, he's no longer the, of course, majority shareholder of TKO, uh, the, the same role that he had in WWE. Vince McMahon was actually even cited as sort of a contributing factor to TKO's lower than expected stock price because something baked into the arrangement for the sales that McMahon can sell his stock whenever he wants to. Um, but what Dave Meltzer basically says is Vince McMahon is out of creative. This is a big story because Ari Emanuel, when they were on the verge of closing the deal and actually closed the deal in April, did the media rounds was like, Vince will be in charge of the company and if me and Vince have a disagreement, it will go the way Vince wants because Vince is the guy. Vince was we the- watched it. We watched that interview they did on... Um, CNBC on, C- on CNBC yeah well, on MSNBC or CNBC one of those we've got all the lovely screenshots of his moustache from yeah exactly <laughs> and, and it was very much the case of we we all sort of had the feeling of oh gosh this is going to be like the old days of Vince McMahon again because Ari Emanuel seemed to be like a, a super Vince McMahon fan I mean, and he was it, like it, anything even, he says goes he even said that he wouldn't have done the deal if McMahon wasn't there he said it would have body slammed him to yeah I'd have body slammed you into doing the deal and it seems like he's been telling a few fibs. Mm, imagine that in business, someone yeah. lying to you. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> um, but essentially, McMahon's power is now marginalized. The reason for the changes is from Sports Illustrated was, Emmanuel has long been a firm believer that in order for an organization to be as effective as possible, people need to do the job they are assigned. <laughs> right. In this case, that approach has empowered Levesque 
um, Triple H, of course, to exert his full influence in the company's creative sphere. Triple H, of course, his official job title is WWE Chief Content Officer, which, believe it or not, puts him in charge of the content by <laughs> job title. <laughs> he is the chief <laughs> of, of the, the content, content in an official capacity. While Vince McMahon's job role is executive chairman of the board of TKO. So, like, in terms of, like, job responsibilities, WWE Creative wouldn't, be listed there if you put a job advert up really no so Vince, so Vince's job there basically is to deal with sort of the, the, the bigger picture things like your TV deals and your and your licensing deals so, so this is what he's doing now so Vince is basically he's overseeing negotiations for the US media rights the one for Smackdown's already been done um, that was sort of like a, I think they got a 40% increase on that one Raw and NXT will be leaving USA in the, in the United States uh, but we don't quite know where it's going to go yet but sort of Disney and Amazon are the ones sort of hinted at so far um, what he's also doing is he's, he's actually involved with UFC. I haven't written this down because it's very new. Yes. But he's now involved on the UFC side of things where he secured some big money deal for UFC in Saudi Arabia. And, and that's off the back of like the conversations about him and Dana White as working together. Just go, we used to hate each other, but hey, are we all good friends now? Well, it just takes us being both bought out by the same company to get on. To be friends, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I feel obviously that's Vince's role now is that he is overseeing the wider WWE picture, he's not in the weeds on creative anymore. I don't know how much that would annoy him. I imagine he, he will miss. I imagine he'll miss it because that's he's always enjoyed that side of it. For better, whether you've enjoyed the Vincent Man creative stuff or you haven't, that's always been like his thing. Like for for the longest of time, you hear and whenever you hear interviews with ex WWE guys, like he was so in the weeds on so many people. Like you like he would have pitches and ideas for everybody. Well, look at the Mansoir thing the where Mansoir, yeah, Mansoir in Marseille thing where they were where they'd Vince basically showing them how to do their catwalk entrance and all this stuff. And you know, I interviewed Drew McIntyre the other year and he talked about going into Vince's office and Vince was like demonstrating what Drew should do with his sword and how he should perform the motions of his like even like the nittiest of gritty he was into the weeds on that and you'll hear loads of interviews where he talks about like how the tiniest of things were carried and he's not doing any of that now and i personally think that's a good thing because you know what's the phrase a horse a camel is a horse designed by committee yeah and i feel like triple h had a very clear idea of what he wanted to do but every so often it was like it was like somebody played like a, a, a like a bad hand in poker, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, we're gonna redo that now, and just like because all we've got like speed bumps, creative speed bumps in yeah. the game. Because all we've got to think is you had the raw after WrestleMania 39, where WrestleMania 39 sort of end on the bit of the down note because Cody doesn't win. They're mm. all expecting that. We're like, where's this going next? And we're sort of like. What I remember watching this going, what the hell is this show? What is going on here? Because nothing happened for three hours, basically. There was one bit where Seth Rollins came out and then he got communicated something. And then did he leave again? Yeah, he leaves. And then, but what we find out was that was actually just the plan. Oh. And then you had to, but you had Roman Reigns in a similar thing where he just comes out and goes, acknowledge me. And then the idea is he's meant to wrestle in the main event. And of course, the match doesn't happen because that's when Brock turns heel. And it was just sort of like, what is like because the problem that you've got is the raw after WrestleMania was sort of like this big deal, and this year, like the last couple of years, it's been sort of 
just a show. Yeah. Do you think they just put too much emphasis on it or it just gets lost in the... I think this year it was just because they had all the sort of political backstage stuff, basically. I feel like Triple H is going to give us a really good... And I'll, I'll, I'll find out in, you know, in time to come if I'm wrong. I feel like Triple H will give us a really good roar after Mania. Yeah. Because well, this time it'll be the first time where he's been like unrestricted. Yeah. He can just do whatever he wants. And it's a really important roar. Because that's after your biggest show. Yeah, that's like your season premiere, basically. You, yeah, that's, that's the... I mean, obviously the season premiere happened this month. Technically. Technically. But in terms of like the WWE calendar, that's your season premiere. So like you should really be like setting your pieces for the next, at least the next six months, maybe the next 12 months on that show. And it never really, it hasn't really felt like that for the last couple of years. But hey, we can find out now that um, Triple H has the book. It's it's his to do whatever with. It feels, yeah, WWE is on a real Hot hot streak right now. It's not always perfect, but on the whole, it's on a hot streak. There is clear direction and motivation and purpose. And even the people that have been brought in for these short runs, like your John Cena's, who's been doing stuff as a result of the sag after strike, they're there to buoy the current products. John Cena very much seems to have been like with LA Knight for a lot of the time. And yeah, just like giving that the... rub to LA Knight. Mm. I feel like had this been a Vince production, I think by now John Cena would have beat LA Knight. <laughs> Yeah. I kind of feel. <laughs> it would have been a big thing if we like, get on SmackDown. Just yeah, just week. have a one night. I'll oh, come up, come up in an hour, John Cena and LA Knight. LA Knight totally turns heel again on John Cena yeah. and then loses. Yeah. I could see, I could, it, I, but. Omos comes in at the end or something. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, even like, even like, I know you might think, oh, well, when The Rock came back, but even with The Rock and Austin Theory, Theory obviously got beaten up. But he looked good in the promo battle. Yeah, they gave him they gave like they gave him some body blows to the Rock in the promo battle, which I thought was different. Whether you like Austin Theory or not, I don't like Austin Theory. He's become such a weird afterthought since Vin- you can you can really you tell can the really Vince's running career gone, because yeah. <laughs> that guy who he completely had the the backing of is yeah. I think he's I, not terrible though. Is Austin Theory? That's the sad thing. He's just been a bit nothing. Yeah. Yeah, like like you look at him. He's stolen egg. He's wrestled Edge, Seth Rollins, Lashley, Cena, and I I couldn't remember any of the matches. Yeah, like I know they've happened, but they're just sort of like time warps where there's moves and then it ends. I'm just sort of like, yeah, I just don't care. No, I tell you what, I tell you, I tell you who does care. Oh yes, Tony Khan. He almost cares too much. Yeah, uh, so Tony Khan. I don't know whether he bought a new phone and was breaking it in, but he has had a busy old month on Twitter, mainly. He's definitely got the new iPhone 15. Yeah, but all of it is the backdrop to what has been uh, a a big month in, if you would call it a wrestling war between WWE and AEW. Yeah, so it's been a very much much front-loaded month for news in terms of WWE and AEW and a little bit of a quiet spell a little bit now but at the start of the month we had Tuesday October 10th WWE NXT and AEW Dynamite were going head to head for the first time since this time last year and it was because AEW Dynamite usually has on the Wednesday night of course that was preempted for coverage of the Major League Baseball playoffs in the United States so we got title Tuesday and it, oh, like Tony Khan was on one but before we got to that both sides loaded up WWE NXT yes. brought in John Cena, 
Cody Rhodes, The Undertaker, <laughs> Asuka, and more. While AEW, they relied more on sort of like the usual talent. Of course, we had Adam Copeland's in-ring debut then. Uh, multiple title matches. And we also had Brian Danielson versus Swerve Strickland. But we also had a special buy-in match 30 minutes beforehand, which was Eddie Kingston versus Minoru Suzuki. Now, part- I, like, I like how they just call up Minoru Suzuki. Like, we need, we need 30 minutes or something. Get Suzuki in. Get a Suzuki, you cowards. <laughs> Um, now, some of this is brought on by the season premiere that we talked about. So this is them reestablishing the brand. They want to they want to pop a big rating for the for the first show of a new season. Uh, and also, as we've talked about, Vincent Mann is now heavily into the the, the TV rights. So therefore, they want to up the price of NXT. So and it means they can sell NXT for a lot more if the ratings are a lot higher. Yeah. So let's do some some classic tricks to, you know, artificially bump, you know, well, artificially be, bump that number up a bit. They've been doing it for like four or five months because Nick Khan said, like, oh, no, it's a third brand again. Yes. And we've had a lot of main roster presence on NXT. Like, I mean, Dominic Mysterio was on every week with Rhea Ripley, two very popular acts. Uh, Becky Lynch was on for a little bit. She's gone again. But you've sort of just got people hovering around, really. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a common thing now for a Raw or a SmackDown star to have a short run on NXT with an NXT star and then go back again. Uh, but this this was particularly disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it was like in right... terms of the the, the <laughs> level that they were getting in. This it isn't was... just like you know Los Lotharios popping yeah. up to beat the Creeds. This like... was John Cena and the Undertaker. John Cena and the fucking Undertaker <laughs> on NXT. Even Cody Rhodes, like WWE's like top babyface. Yeah, exactly. Like, get him in against his old against his old team, <laughs> like the company he helped found. It was like, come on, go and beat them in the ratings. <laughs> but yeah, so, but, but all this loading up had Tony Carr was very feisty. Oh, he was feisty. So <laughs> it all sort of starts like in, in the days beforehand. Um, but NXT's announced that they will go first 30 minutes commercial free. Tony Khan basically gives them a big fuck you. And he announces Dynamite will be at least for the first 30 minutes commercial free. <laughs> I, I think it ended up being about 46, 47 minutes before there was a commercial break because his whole thing was basically going, I've got more money than you, bitch. <laughs> was essentially what, what his whole thing was. Um, but he replied to his own announcement of the 30 minutes thing and he replied with a gif of Larry David eating ice cream. This is from Kirby Enthusiasm. <laughs> Um, and it just, it just like, I think the bottom just says, okay, you want to be a dick. <laughs> but but then following this, we've got a fan replies, and, and it just goes, people won't be watching Dynamite, bucko. And Tony Khan just responds with a gif. It's Roderick Strong doing a spin, and just him going, who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and and this, is the, this is the head of your company. This is the head of AEW. Um, so from here, we had more replies from WWE stands, I think is fair to say. Yeah. And this person wrote, weird, weird way to refer to this individual, but he writes, if Sir Vince McMahon said this, there would be many failed AEW fans crying nonstop and furious. Tony Khan just sort of went, no, I don't think I'll let that slide. Um, and he decided to take a shot at Vince McMahon and posted, if Sir Vince McMahon said this, it would be the least of his alleged misdeeds. Jesus um, Christ. Of course, this is in reference to the um, numerous sexual misconduct and hush money allegations against Vince McMahon. Um, we believe he spent around $14.6 million on between 2006 and 2022 to cover up these allegations of infidelity and sort of like sexual assault and things. I've seen a sexual assault and things like that, but sexual misconduct, yes, like very there's serious been a lot. things. Um, he's still under investigation from the 
like federal government because he didn't declare these funds. Um, but going back to the head-to-head part in terms of that sort of drama, it all heats up around 5 p.m. BST. There I am walking to the Metro thinking, okay, <laughs> done for the day, can chill out for the evening. And then House of Wrestling release a report. And they've been very spicy with some of their dramatic reports recently. And what they had is a WWE source told them that NXT and AEW going head-to-head would be a very clear example of how and why WWE is WWE and why AEW has a long way to go. The same source then states that AW had been lulled into a false sense of reality that they were somehow an industry leader by continuing to beat W's number three brand in viewership and that AW poked the wrong ones at the wrong time. <laughs> what this is in reference to is Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Of course, they were heavily involved with the booking of NXT during the Wednesday Night Wars. Mm-hmm. Of course, AW won those wars quite dramatically to the point where NXT moves from Wednesday nights to Tuesday nights. Triple H has... I mean, because we sort of had this odd period in 2022 where there was a little bit of a fall in relations between AEW and WWE. Chris Jericho appeared on Broken Skull Sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, AW talent were allowed to appear, and I think it was a tribute for John Cena. It was at the anniversary, so we sort of went, okay, they're, they're still a little bit nitty-gritty, but they're not, like, flicking each other all the time. No, but there's, then, some, there's some politeness there. But then WWE brought back the ultimate flick where there was alleged contract tampering. We'll get to a bit more of that later. Mm-hmm. But that very much spices everything back up again. And Tony Khan even said earlier this year that he thinks both sides hate each other. So that, that so the fall was very quickly iced up once Triple H became Chief Content Officer last summer. Um, but this all sort of plays into to, to the to the issues of the wrong ones at the wrong time. Tony Khan quickly spotted this House of Wrestling article, and he replies with an ad for Dynamite, along with a message to Triple H and Shawn Michaels of bald arsehole. So they, he did so again with a curb your enthusiasm gif. Yes, it's the episode where somebody writes bald asshole on, on Larry door. David's door in spray paint. So he just doesn't say bald asshole; he just shares this gif. That says bold asshole. But he uh, just goes, I've got a message for them. Yeah. Bold asshole. <laughs> uh, he also then continually refers to Vince McMahon's alleged misdeeds in interviews ahead of the show. He basically goes, You're bald and he's dodgy. He's a dodgy boy. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, all this leads to some wrestling. Yes, all this leads to the actual show itself. And more importantly, Tom, the ratings for that show. <laughs> Fuck the wrestling. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but we had, I mean, a little bit shocking at the time because I thought personally I thought it would have been a little bit closer, but NXT decisively defeated AW Dynamite in the ratings for October tenth. Um, NXT and USA Network averaged nine hundred twenty-one thousand viewers and a note point three zero rating in the key eighteen to forty-nine demographic. AW, um, AW Dynamite meanwhile averaged six hundred nine thousand and a no point two six rating in the eighteen to forty-nine demo. I mean, um, over a million, nearly one point. Five million people watching wrestling on Tuesday night. It's a good time, isn't it? Really, it's a great time. Yeah, that's a, I know. I if know. anything, we need more of this. Yeah, but then I would, in terms of when you look at both shows, in terms of what went down on both shows, uh, very quickly, um, it was obviously Edge's TV debut. He had a great match against Luchasaurus. He looked great in there. We saw a shock title change with Orange Cassidy becoming the international champion again. Yeah. Uh, beating Ray Fenix, who was working injured, uh, after beating Moxie, who was working injured. Uh, <laughs> so Cassidy becomes the champ again. We see Hikaru Shida beat Soraya to become the women's champion. Ending what was a rather disappointing 
title run for Soraya. It kind of felt like a hot shot thing they did for Wembley. That very much. And that's then what it was else. basically, wasn't it? It was sort of, okay, we'll give her the title now. And then, but the, the long-term direction very much feels Tony Storm. Oh, it has to be, yeah. But, and then on the other side with WWE, it was, you had, um, it was you, had Carmel, you had Carmelo Hayes and Bron Breaker with Paul Heyman in Bron's corner and John Cena in Hayes' corner. Yeah. Uh, you had Bron Breaker yeah. getting choke slammed by the under, choke slammed by the Undertaker to end the night. Who, who best about trying to get that motorcycle around the performance center? Had a hilarious time trying to trying to walk the bike around. God love him. Uh, Asuka having a great match with Roxanne Perez. You had um, we had Cena in the ring, didn't we? Having a, a showdown. Yeah, oh, it, was a, it was a Cena and Breaker showdown, wasn't yes. it? Yes. So. They used them well. Cody as well announced Cody was, in the Dusty Cup. He was interim GM for the evening. Made interim. loads of loads of decisions. Yeah, he, he made Dirty Dom defend the North American title. Yeah, I think I think NXT, Dragon could, League. NXT could do I think with like a general manager again permanently. Really, I think WWE does a really good job with these authority figures at times. Yes, exactly. Because um, and they can, and, and it doesn't need to be a big character. It, it's almost in the model of like how William Regal was the general manager, where he wasn't intrinsically involved in storylines with the exception yeah. of maybe the Carrion Cross one. And it was just sort of him just sick of Gargano every week just complaining about stuff in 2020. I thought that stuff was great. Yeah, but it was otherwise... It it just, was shout, just, just shout war games is all you want, really. You, he's just there in case you need to, somebody authoritative to move a story he along. He just goes, hey, stop being a knobhead. Yeah, you need something like that. Yeah. But So that was how both shows went down. I think probably in ring, you'd argue that maybe Dynamite was the better show uh, from an in-ring perspective. Certainly from a spectacle perspective, it was NXT, which was internally, according to uh, numerous reports, internally it was called NXT Mania. NXT Mania. Like everyone behind the scenes was going like, this is NXT Mania tonight. This is going to be fun. Um, but there was a lot of that. So the ratings come out and Tony Khan has, he's, uh, he, he's very much had the dog in him, as they say. And how did Tony Khan react post ratings Defeat, which it was a defeat. So most people in this situation would sort of be like a little bit quiet, a little magnanimous, bit like a little bit humble, just sort of be like, okay, we've lost. Like it's a bit, it's a bit shit that we've lost, especially on Tony Khan's birthday was when the show was. <laughs> but you sort of move on. But that's not the Tony Khan way, Tom. That's not the Tony Khan we know and love. Very soon after the ratings battle, one Twitter user says um, that. Vince McMahon has the power and influence to take cheap shots. Something he says that um, Tony Khan does not. And Tony Khan simply writes back, yes, Vince has allegedly used his power and influence to shoot a lot of shots. <laughs> yes, straight as a straight in there. Um, he also said that he was pretty sure Shawn Michaels blew the chance to become Booker of the Year due to his booking of NXT on October 10th. Just like, just shitting on Shawn Michaels. Mm -hmm. Um he also goes to social media, takes pot shots at the Undertaker and John Cena, pointing out this is the first time on a WWE show featuring both Undertaker and John Cena that had drawn less than a million viewers. This, of course, was not 100% true because Saturday Night Slam, no one watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody pointed out. <laughs> um, but, and then from there, we sort of get a bit about the backstage reaction. We'll go on to a bit more about what Tony Khan says later. But this is where we're, we're leaving it for this exact moment. Tony Khan's repeatedly had a go at Vince McMahon. He's had pot shots at Shawn Michaels, Triple H, just going rah. Before, and, before during, and after. There we are. Um, reports of the internal reaction as some in AW were surprised about The Undertaker and John Cena's tweet especially. Um, the, of course, Tony Khan's tweets because he's the head bloke. 
Excuse me, I just burped on the microphone. <laughs> well, it doesn't. I'm drinking a Lucasade, so I snuck <laughs> out of there. Um, Tony Khan's tweets are not subject to any clearance, um, but people believe that he shouldn't have tweeted such observations, <laughs> while others think he's just making the best of a bad situation and having a little bit of fun. Um, with it being noted how Tony Khan, of course, plugged AW shows in the process, knowing basically plug me shows, these are going to get a lot of traction as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Wrestling was over live. Brian Alvarez suggested that some within AW and WWE believe Tony Khan needs to stop tweeting as much with the, sentence, with the sentiment being, can somebody get this guy off his phone? <laughs> um, House of Wrestling, of course, very in there with CM Punk. So, so in the sort of weird fever dream, it was they reported similar findings to what we've covered. A source within WWE found Tony Khan petulant. While a source, I mean, he just had to weigh in for some reason. Punk Vemba coming up, we'll plug that later on too. Um, a source within CM Punk's camp said this was the kind of behaviour that makes Punk feel happy to be away from AW. Yeah, I can imagine so. Thank you for CM Punk there weighing into the situation. He's <laughs> just, um, just sw- wiping the sweat from his brow. Yeah. Phew. And then. One day later, we had this was wrestling was over newsletter. I was away down in London by this point, but thank you to Andrew Kelly and Jack Atkins and Lewis House and everybody else. But it was WWE considered Tony Khan's tweets a declaration of war. Da, da, da. And then, mere hours later, Tony Khan responds to this and basically says that um, the past contract tapering, as we've covered from WWE. This is what made the whole rivalry personal. He wrote, This weekend marks one year since Mayo Clinic saved my mum's life. During her ordeal, many AEW talents came to me alleging WWE tampering, inducing them to break their contracts. I'll never forget these phone calls at her side in the hospital. It's when business became personal for me. This is nothing new. I mentioned it last year after she came home. It's relevant today because she checked in for surgery one year ago today. As I've mentioned several times since, Mayo Clinic are heroes, and thanks to them, her recovery from a very grim outlook has been a miracle. Mayo Clinic, of course, is like this specialist hospital, uh, basically like life-saving treatments. I think it's where Brody Lee was doing his final days, unfortunately, right. things like that. It's in Jacksonville. Um, of course, we, we covered this last year at the time, basically. We discussed it sort of at the end of year review, the end of last year. And basically, it's is after Triple H becomes chief content officer, gets it gets on the phone and starts trying to bring back all these former WWE talents that AEW have sort of signed over the previous 12 months. So people we know he reached out to was Swerve Strickland, who directed WWE to his lawyer, William Regal. Of course, William Regal ends up going back to WWE. Um, Andrade El Idolo, who asks for his release and punches Sammy Guevara in an attempt to be fired, which fails because, of course, he's still there. Mm. I've written Malaria Black for some reason, but, of course, I mean Malachi Black. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I've written... <laughs> Malaria <laughs> Black. Malaria Black. <laughs> I don't know why I've written that. He does not sound well. <laughs> he needs to go to the Mayo Clinic. <laughs> uh, but Malachi Black, so he asked for his debris release along with Buddy Murphy and Tony Carr went, no, you're under contract for five years. Um, and we believe Adam Cole, who just did similar thing to Swerve, went, no, to chat to my lawyers. Um, so, yes, William Regal ends up going back. And these were sort of what we heard at the time was William Regal sort of personally reached out to Tony Carr while he's at the Mayo Clinic. He, he makes sort of like a personal sort of like push for Tony Carr. to go, I want to go and work with my son. I hope you can understand. Your mother's very sick right now. And by this point... There's something about it all that feels quite grim. It's bit, yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't like Dirty. 
Yeah, like everybody coming to Tony when he's at like an emotional weakness. Tony even bringing it up as part of the thing. It all feels a bit grim. Yeah. You know? From it's, all sides. But what ends up happening afterwards, basically after all, you have about a month of this and sort of the two mile rumbles on until like mm. October, November time um, of last year. But AW send WWE a cease and desist and say, we will sue you if you if you keep doing this. Because it's a breach of contract. And it absolutely is. So, yeah. and, and, and you know what? If WWE have indeed been approaching people under contract, then they are absolutely banged to rights and they should be, they should be threatened with a lawsuit if that's what they're doing. And absolutely... They should be. Yeah. Um, it is the never-ending saga of WWE versus AEW. And we'll, dis- we'll, we'll discuss it much more in the years to come, I'm oh, sure. And much more probably in the podcast to come as well, I yeah. would say. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here's a nice little breakwater. Big news that came out of Impact Wrestling, Bound for Glory. Uh, a major change is coming for the company, and the more things change, the more they stay the same. Oh, yes. I mean, this I've written TNA Wrestling is back, baby. This, this or to was... quote Scott Amore, we're fucking back! Yeah. I mean, this was this was beautiful to see, really. So this is a, this is a little inside baseball thing, just in terms of how I discovered the news, is... We always cover the Cultaholic, uh, we always cover the Cultaholic, we always cover the Impact um, pay-per-views live on Cultaholic.com. Yes, we do. So it's Jack Atkins that does them, unless he's ill or something, um, or he's on holidays. But in this case, Jack Atkins, he's, he's, had, a, he's had a fucked back, bless him. Mm. We've had the whole thing about what chair he's going to buy in the office, we'll find <laughs> out at some point. Um, but big thing, Jack Atkins wasn't very well, so he didn't cover it live. And I was at my nephew's christening the next morning, yeah. so there was no way I was going to be awake all night. But so I woke up at 4 a.m. thought, okay, we'll, we'll do the results now. I'll, I'll get it all written, get everything, all the, all the key bits covered. And woke up, just sort of went, just in a little stupid, went, uh, here we go. And I was just like, fuck, TNA Wrestling's back. And you've got your own little story, Tom. I have. So we did live reactions for Bound for Glory, and they faded to black on the main event after the, the title had been defended. And I signed off for the stream, thinking, are oh, they just playing a promo for something else? And it turned out to be the biggest announcement of the company 
has made in it's 10 seven years. years yeah. And we didn't live react it because I missed it. <laughs> hey! And what, what Furious. It, but what it ends up being is, is they, they pull out a chest. I believe the chest is out of the League of Reincarnation. The, like Matt Hardy's League of Reincarnation. Ah, but, that would make sense. Because he kills TNA in 2017. But no, they, they we have seen the chest since. Have we? At Slammiversary 2021 or 22, where the whole night is, a, it might be 22, where the whole night is a celebration of TNA. 22. And uh, and at the end of the night, like it, the, the, the chest is closed by Josh Alexander. Mm. But there's a little knowing look I watched from that Josh show, that kind of goes, we could... Yeah. We could bring it back. We could do this again. Because I don't remember that, despite having watched the show live. Mm. Um, but the chest is there. You've got like you've got TNA originals. You've got like Alex Shelley, Frank Kazarian, sort of the big stars of today. Eddie Edwards was there. Jordan Grace, Eric Young, Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander was there. Take like the big stars of today and the past, and just they're, they're top stars basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all sort of like around a fire, like some sort of like demon ritual. And then it's just like home. TNA wrestling is back and they, they really open f- the chest and all the TNA memories burst oh, yes. into the you, sky you've got Mike today and Don West and Kurt, Ar- Kurt Angle just going raw and he's like full on Kurt Angle yeah. all, sort of <laughs> all the best memories yeah. abyss falling off the stage yeah I think, I think it's got Jeff Hardy where he does the swanton through the table and yeah all, that all your faves are there Elix Skipper doing his bit cage walk all, oh god all yeah the, the classic um I just sort of went, this is mint, this, <laughs> like, yeah. watching it. And it was, um, they released a press release immediately afterwards. Teeny Wrestling isn't officially back yet. It's sort of half back at the moment. Where... It's, it's officially back uh, January 14th. Jan- January 13th. January 13th. Uh, 2024 for the Hard to Kill pay-per-view. And coinciding with this is AW, uh, AW, TNA are going to run bigger venues again. So they're doing the Palms Resort in Las Vegas. And it will be the biggest arena they've run in recent years. So big stuff coming from TNA. Massive stuff. Um, and it was, this. it's really just generated so much love and interest. Impact Wrestling is one of these places. And I, do you know what? It's funny because after the events this weekend, I've had a couple of people message and go like, oh yeah, well, of course you're biased now. I was like, no, and you can attest. We can we attest sit this. together all the time. I have banged the fucking drum for Impact for years. Yeah. For decades. And we cover Love it. Impact. And we cover it all the time on we the website. We cover it all the fucking time. <laughs> I don't want to see another message from anyone going, oh, cover it. We always fucking cover it. Every bit of news. We cover it in news videos. We do live reactions to Slammiversary and Pound for Glory. Yeah. The only difference might be now is it might, might sneak its way into a couple of more headlines. But... It'll sneak into more headlines. And, 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 and we'll definitely do... I'll definitely do live reactions for fucking Hard to Kill in yeah. January. We'll and... do that. We have had, right... If you were to do a graph, and I should have done this before I came down, right? <laughs> if you were to do a pie chart of all the guests on Desert Island Graps over the... Four years of the show, an overwhelming majority are active Impact Wrestling stars, right? An overwhelming majority are Impact stars. Big up Simon Rothstein. Big up Simon Rothstein, who's their PR guy, who we have worked together for years. And we do loads of stuff with Impact. I'm sorry that it's not front and center exactly where you want to look at it. Do you know what pissed me off was during the live reactions? Yeah. I was watching, and literally <laughs> someone in the comments went, during you, the should, do, you during... should do live reactions to Impact. It's like, what the fuck do you think we're doing? <laughs> Like right now. <laughs> right the fact the... that they went, you should do live reactions. You are literally, I don't know what to tell you. You're literally in a live reaction stream for impact. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. 
fucking idiot. <laughs> but, but, but we'll get to more of you later. But more about me later. So, <laughs> so the, what we find out is the reason for the rebrand. I mean, we'll go into this as well because I'll discuss this first, actually. But you've interviewed Scott DeBoer, an excellent interview, while your voice was still Voice is completely uh, fucked. Um, but Scott DeBoer gives us a lot of insight into, basically by the time you listen to this, it'll be on cultaholic.com. But it gives us a lot of insight into sort of why... Um, the rebrand basically sort of said, of course, there was a lot of turbulence within TNA in 2015, 2016, 2017, where it was TNA, then GFW, and then Impact, mm-hmm. the TNA, the GFW, the TNA, then Impact, and GFW, and TNA. And then it was that was like, okay, this this is a fucking mess by the time Anthem buy it. And they rebranded as Impact. We're going, because it was lol TNA by this point. Yeah. And we sort of went, this, this is a dead brand almost. We'll, we'll, we'll do it as Impact. We'll start afresh, essentially. Um, and Scott DeWolf basically explains that he's always sort of wanted to bring back TNA since he went back to the company and was appointed initially. Yeah. Um, I think he was initially senior vice president alongside Don Callis, and now, of course, he's Impact president. And he's always wanted to bring it back. There was talks in 2020 where they did a one-hour sort of TNA show, and the ratings were really, really good on Access. And Access sort of asked him, when can you do this every week? Mm-hmm. And he goes, we've just had the COVID-19 pandemic. I don't even know if we could do one show every week. Um, but there were sort of hints of it because Moose becomes TNA they were gonna world do, champ. They were going to do... Uh, like a brand split. Uh, no, they were gonna, there was a show they had planned. I don't know whether they did it. Oh, the past and present show. Yeah, so yeah. you might be getting it mixed up with like the, 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 the sort of classic Canadian wrestling show that they did. What, the IPW? Yeah, yeah. because the, the plan was a WrestleMania week to go to Florida and do TNA, There's No Place Like Home which was the name of the show, and it was going to be a TNA throwback show. Yes. But then the pandemic happened, and they didn't. <laughs> so it just kind of got shelved. And, and as you were just saying, uh, it led to Moose coming out as TNA champion and sort of revitalizing that brand again. Yeah, and then it sort of... and then But he then reveals that the, the discussion sort of started in February where it went, we should go back to TNA, you know? Mm. And exactly how they said it. You know, you know. <laughs> well known Geordie Scott Scott. <laughs> Exactly what he Why said. Why I go back <laughs> to TNA, like. And so it all sort of went from there. Um, what has been revealed is that they wanted to, to unite the fragmented history of the promotion. Like we mentioned, TNA Impact GFW. We sort of have it under TNA again. But also, like while it was lol TNA, the sort of nostalgia and popularity of the TNA brand is sort of. It's grown massively again in the last couple of years. I mean, we all we all look back fondly on TNA now, even the stuff that was crap. Yeah, like, as, it's nostalgia. It's 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 the nostalgia bug, and nostalgia yeah. ain't what it used to be. Uh, nostalgia. It's what nostalgia does. It, it we we come at things with rose tinted glasses for everything. Like there's the, my my favorite one. I did a whole video on it. Was uh, an episode of SmackDown. From late 2001, hmm. just before the end of the invasion storyline, and it was all the wrestlers running in and doing their finishes on everybody. And oh, it's a really great scene. That famous like ending. Yeah, and I remember watching, and we've done it on the SmackDown review. Like that period of WWF was awful. Like it was, it was just creative. Like the roster was bloated. It was creatively lost. WWF were losing more money than they'd ever lost. The houses weren't drawing. It was a really, really shit time in 01, late, late 01. And every and, and every who lived it was like, yeah, it's just not the same anymore. But, I look but at then, it. like, we watch that now, and everyone goes, oh, back when it was good. I was like, no, 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 oh, I no. was there, and you said it was shit, and I said it was shit. I liked it, but I was six. So. That's exactly, <laughs> so. Yeah, there you go. 
But it's nostalgia. There'll be stuff that happens in 2021 that we'll shit on. But then 2041, they'll go, ah, oh, I remember when it was good. Yeah, imagine when we're all fucking, oh, remember pandemic era wrestling? Wasn't it wonderful? We'll be like, no, no, it wasn't. great? Nope, wasn't. Nope. Shit. <laughs> How dare you? But, but, but nostalgia is a big part of it. And I think yeah. time heals all wounds. And I think a lot of the stuff, even the, even the silliest stuff, TNA has kind of embraced. You know, whenever we've talked TNA during interviews that I've done with the roster, like it's always asking, like, you know, which classic TNA match would you want to do? A last rights match? You know, do you want to do Monsters Ball? The concept of Monsters Ball seems so panto y, but God, <laughs> I love a Monsters Ball at Bound for Glory. But so do people at Cutlaholic.com, because a lot of the stuff that we cover from Impact is the utter bollocks they put out. Utter so, like, bollocks. PCO being set on fire this year. Yeah. Or Crazy Steve stabbing people. Yeah. And, and um, Eric Young being murdered on, on screen, then coming back to life. He's alive now. So, like, <laughs> Like, this is TNA. Like, this is what we want. We want good wrestling with a bit of bollocks. Yeah. That's what, that's, what it, that's what it is and what it needs to be. You've got your last right. You've got your monsters ball. You've got all the other amazing stuff to do. But there's another part of TNA that always comes up in conversation, and that is the six-sided ring. Yeah. So what do we know on that? So it will not be coming back, much, no. to, much to my dismay, because I love the six-sided ring. But... It's not coming back for a very good reason. Um, Scott DeBoer says in an interview with uh, Tom Hannafan, the Impact commentator, on 24th of October, he says, the six-sided ring in question comes up all the time. I get it. I was in the ring when the six-sided ring was brought in. I know it has its supporters. The fact is, at the end of the day, almost to a person, the athletes that have performed in the six-sided ring don't prefer it. They say it's harder on the bodies, it creates more injury, and more than injury, it creates more wear and tear on the body. Doing it night after night is harder on the body. We're happy to have conversations about how to make the product look the best, but one of the things unwaveringly that we're not willing to negotiate on or compromise is the athlete's health and safety. We're going to be a four-sided ring. I know that disappoints a lot of people, but in my respectful and honest question, oh, but my respectful and honest question to that is, do you really love the six-sided ring more than you love ensuring the health and safety of the men and women who get in the ring and put their health on the line? Yes. <laughs> do you want to make it a more dangerous situation for them? Yes. It's wrestling. <laughs> never say never. There could be change in the future. It's a simple one for us. Athlete safety is number one. So we have four sides. Take that off the table and anything else is possible. Jordan Grace brought it up with a fan because uh, the, the fan was talking to Jordan Grace about it on Twitter. Yeah. And, uh, and she was like, no, because it hurts. And it, and, it's, and it really, and you can get injured in it. But <laughs> she did say, Maybe for like a special occasion. Like we've said to this do as well. something like that. Like do it, like just literally bring back six sides of steel. For lo if you do but, lockdown, but, do a six sides of steel pay-per-view. Yeah, but just forget all the steel for every match and just do like one six, do one lockdown match and just have the six sided ring back for the rest of the show. Ah. Yeah. So call it lockdown. Have your big main event, war games, their version of war games. But lockdown, every match is in a cage, daddy. Yeah. Listen to me. Too many cages. Whole to... pay-per-view. <laughs> Where every match is in a key. Yeah. Daddy. Awful, weren't they? <laughs> it's a Dusty Rhodes uh, concept. That was. Isn't Daddy? Put every match in a key. What else have we got? Yes, yeah, so we're going to get a new set, new TNA set. Well, they will start. Well, obviously, it shows you. And, and the one thing that came up in my chat with Scott the other day was like, this has been something on the bubble for ages, but, he re but the locker room is so tight that nothing's. It didn't even slip did it? through yeah. that. Through all that. What? Yeah, so this is obviously a big part of why the. the, the the venue is closed. They're their normal, their normal studio. Their normal soundstage is shut because they're upgrading everything. Because they're upgrading it, and I imagine there's going to be some big fuck off TNA logos or yeah. something on the stage. 
Like and make it look big and bold and ballsy. Yeah, because one of the things, like, so we, we do watch TNA and we all look at it and go, we, we talk about it all the time on this podcast where we say, TNA is a good show. You're not going to watch it, are you? Oh, no, well, Impact's a good show, but it's not going to get enough viewers in. And there's sort of been a little things of production where it doesn't look like low rent, but it, it doesn't look as good as it could look. Mm. And hopefully that'll definitely change in 2023, 2024, even 2023 now. Yeah. Um, hopefully it'll look a bit better. But what we're also getting is new title belts, obviously with the big fuck-off TNA logos again. Oh, yes, please. And it'll all Bring look those lovely. those bad boys back. Yeah. They're amazing. So I can, I can speak first-hand now. On what that company is like. Yeah, so so the, part of this was a reason. So because they're doing all these production changes, they thought, fuck it, we'll come to the UK. And Impact comes to the UK. They ran Glasgow, 2-2 two, two Newcastle for an entertainment of Impact two, Turning two, Point, two, 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 and two shows in Coventry. And th there was somebody called Tom Campbell. He was the ring announcer, I believe, for the Newcastle this is, show. This and is why the my two voice still sounds a bit rovery. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell us about your weekend, Tom. That was very wow. normal. I want to first of all give love to the brilliant Simon Cassidy, who you'll see on Impact on Thursday, who did the Glasgow show. See, Aiden's heard it all. He's buggered off. Uh, <laughs> I want to give love to Simon Cassidy. He does the Impact show in Glasgow, and he's fantastic. Genuinely one of the best ring announcers in the country. And I was so glad that they announced Simon for the Glasgow show. Couldn't happen to anybody nicer. Really lovely guy to boot as well. Mm. Delighted with that. Uh, and then they, they gave me the rest of the tour. So we started in Newcastle and then two wonderful nights in Coventry. Um, obviously what goes on tour stays on tour. So I don't want to, you know, give too much of the, the, the fun away. Not that anything controversial happened. We had some nice beers on a, on a bus can, down can we, in Coventry. Can I had a lovely chat with Trinity about my... Uh, I showed Trinity my engagement video. I like how it was respective partners you were chatting about. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were chatting, yeah. Obviously, she was chatting about the, about the Uso family and I was chatting about Alex. <laughs> it was lovely. Me and Trinity, we had a lovely time. Um, there was... Uh, it was there was there was fun had in the hotel room where we were all just chatting, having a nice time. There was some new faces for Impact, which we got to meet as well. So uh, I was there the night Leon Slater got signed, which is a, which is just a lovely moment all yeah. round. He's class, isn't he? He's so good. Oh my god, couldn't be happier for him. Could not be. He is brilliant. See him at North Wrestling on Saturday at the Anarchy Brewery. Uh, he's the North Wrestling champion for good reason. Uh, ha uh, Harley Hudson won the Impact Gut Check. Well deserved. You were there, weren't you? I was there for it. Cause I had, cause, so I was on the tour. And um, so the Sunday morning, I wake up. I'm like, the show's not till like, doors are open to like three for the show. I'm like, I've got nothing to do today. And I was, so I messaged um, Simon Rothstein. And I messaged Joe Hendry. I was like, can I help with anything at the gut check? I'm just knocking around. Yeah. So I went along to the gut check and I, you know, I, did, uh, I did a few coffee runs. And I just got to enjoy watching these guys go through their paces and go through their... And, and get put through it. And, and Harley Hudson, a fantastic winner. Uh, she's brilliant anyway. And I'm glad that she's got the nod. She's won a developmental deal and a bursary with Impact. So she'll train in Canada it's for six months. It's a Scott DeMoss school. Yes. Right. Yeah, so it's all part. So, and then, you know, she'll get her opportunity on on television for TNA as well. Um, chaos, well, there's chaos, is opportunity. Obviously, Alex Shelley got injured. So we saw the Impact debut of Amir Jordan. 
which came out of the blue, which was lovely. But Alex Shelley getting injured meant there was opportunity for, like, for Amir Jordan. Big Frank. Big Frank. Um, and obviously Frankie Kazarian, who pulled double duty. We also saw Chris Ridgeway on night two in Coventry facing Josh Alexander. Did we? Yes, we did, mate. It was brilliant. I thought he was taking a break from wrestling. No, nah, he, was, he was there last. He was there. Fair. He was there on the night. He was there on the night. Uh, I, I had a lovely time. The, the locker room. The one thing that is said a lot about the locker room with Impact in reports and stuff, is how tight and how friendly and welcoming and warm they are. I can attest that is the case. Mm. Like, they, they had no reason to give me any of the time of day because I'm just a, an interloper from a, from a wrestling aggregation channel. But they were lovely. They were very accommodating. I was, uh, I pestered them to get, make sure I got their announcements right. And uh, I got some really lovely feedback as well from the production team. So thank you to Dan uh, from the production team who was... Uh, Basically, at the end of every show, I go, was that all right for you? And he go, yeah, you were great. And I went, any notes? And he go, do, don't do that again. Do that more. Do that. And it's nice to have three nights on a row where I could go, okay, I'll, you know, we, we'll do it like, we're going to do it like this. Okay, that's fine. I'll do it like that. Okay, do it like that. Okay, so I can just add to it every night. I've got some lovely feedback from Gail Kim. I've got some lovely feedback from Scott Damore. Uh, I've got some lovely feedback from Frankie Kazarian uh, on the last night of the tour as well. I'm... Eric Young was really lovely. Like, I had a nice chat with Eric Young for a while about, like, his plans. And, like, he loves the UK. Eric he, Young. he was so fucking over. Oh, my Unbelievable. God. Every night of the tour, it was massive chance for Eric Young. And we all thought it was wonderful. Like, check out Turning Point on Friday where it was like, because, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't think you'll see us because we, uh, we were sat behind the hard cam. We'll yeah. see you a lot. Yes. Um, but... I mean, Eric Young, it was a team with Josh Alexander against Brian Myers. No, it wasn't Brian Myers. No, it was. And at a turning point, it was Subculture. Young and Alexander versus Subculture. So, Josh Alexander, the longest reigning Impact World Champion in history, people are like, don't give a shit about him. Eric Young, that yep. bloke was so over. We had a Brexit chant. We had a Brexit chant because Trinity had the Union Jack in her hair. Yes. So, we got a nice Brexit chant. Nice Brexit chant. chant. Nice Brexit chant. Uh, so, the, New, the Newcastle show was special. Um, it was a great turnout for all three nights. Obviously, Newcastle was where they've taped Turning Point. And that was my first night of the tour. And oh my God, like I, I got a little bit emotional at one point because I got in the ring, stood in the impact ring, and it was just, and the whole arena was chanting Tom. I, know. I was like, Jesus Christ, not ready for this. But it was, it was something so, I've, I'd already been made to feel very welcome since I'd got there. And, but it was, I was still nervous because it was probably the biggest gig I've ever done. But you were amazing. Thank you, mate. We've all got, he's got him, isn't he? That's it, all right. <laughs> got it done. <laughs> but, um, it was nice, the fact that everywhere I looked, I was like, there's Andrew Bowers, the promoter from North. Yeah. There's the lads from Cotaholic up in the thing. Yeah. I know them, they come to North. I know them. There's my mate. There's my mate. There's my mate. And then, like, okay, then, then your mum was there in Coventry. My mum and dad and my brother Mike came to the last night of the tour in Coventry. And it was the first time my mum and dad have been to see what I do since like 2009. So it was, uh, at one point, my dad was booing me. So thanks, dad. <laughs> at one point, you can just hear boo. I was like, yeah, it's dad. <laughs> I looked over at one point. <laughs> as I got in the ring to announce the X Division match. It's just shitting on And you. I just see my dad go, rubbish. <laughs> so, Here's dad. So, so we're going to get an Impact TV, like, free week. I do it. hope you get, at some point, my dad just stood up going, just rubbish. <laughs> Get off! And Tom Hannafin just like, a very upset fan there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved every minute of it. I I just absolutely, it was just a drug for a weekend just to be able to 
be amongst it with everybody and just just threw myself into it and it was just a joy. So, and, and you know what? It's one of those things where if it never happens again, then I did it and I'm very grateful for doing it and no one takes that away from me. I'm Impact Wrestling Canon. Not, not only that, so... And every single thing that you get to announce from now on, you are as seen on TNA TV. Yeah, that's all my posters and all my fees are going up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bowers, my fees going <laughs> up. If you came along to any of the shows and came over and said hi, because we had quite a few that came over and went, love Cultaholic. Yeah. Both nights in Coventry and in Newcastle. Thank you for, for, for the love. Honestly, I just, there were Tom Chance at every night of the tour. The loudest were in Newcastle. Kids um, love Tom. Kids Campbell. love Tom Campbell, apparently. Uh, but anyway, look, I won't, I'll bang, I won't bang on about me anymore. But before, thank you. Before we move on, though, yes, Impact are coming back in 2024. Then, then they TNA. Are, they are indeed. So that was the last tour as Impact Wrestling. When they return, it'll be as TNA and Scott Demore exclusively my, told you. Exclusively Tom. told me in our interview slash performance appraisal. The, um, <laughs> that they are indeed back in 2024. They're looking to sort of align the dates up and make sure that every, you know they can get the venues they want. The got a, they, said, they said they've got a few dates already circled. Yes. That they want to do, but obviously it's varying on a lot of things and they want to get a chance to breathe, catch their breath and then they're going to be back. They know that TNA is big money it, over rich, here. Rich history. I mean, the, the biggest ever show was... That house show in Wembley in 2009 yeah. was like over 8,000 people there. I mean, but we, we, we chat about this yesterday, Wes, because TNA's got such a rich, rich history. Because WWE pretty much throughout its whole time in the UK, it's obviously immensely popular, but it's always been on pay TV. So mm. if you want your free wrestling fix, it was for a long time in the noughties, it was TNA on Challenge or Bravo. Yeah. And that is the big difference maker. And that is one of the big reasons why TNA has such a, a warm nest of support here in the UK because they were on free TV. Yeah. And part of it will be with AEW as well. I mean, they're on ITV, one of the biggest, yeah. the second biggest station in the country. That's the big, that's always been the biggest thing. WWE will always do well over here because it's WWE, but... You've got to pay to watch You've it. got to pay to watch it because you've got to have BT Sports. Previously, you had to have Sky Sports, but for the others, it's free TV. But TNA back next year uh, for the first time in many, many years as TNA. As TNA. Uh, really, really exciting time ahead for... I mean, TNA wrestling, as it will be known. It could already be good for everyone because, like, because uh, we for years and years when we had one promotion, then everybody else. Now we've got AW two. Could we see a top three? Let, let, I think so. Let's hope so. I think so. I think we're. I think we're clear. I think we're close to that. Yeah. I think we're close to that. Um, one guy who, like me, experienced how wonderful the backstage area of Impact Wrestling truly is is CM Punk who was behind the scenes at Bound for Glory. We haven't really talked too much about Bound for Glory. All right. I thought you were going to say we haven't talked too much about CM Punk. Well, we always talk about him. <laughs> I do want to give a quick mention to Bound for Glory. Yes. Really good show. I haven't watched it yet. I've just flicked through it. Excellent show. I, I, I have watched it. I watched it on double speed for the, for, the, for the article. Oh, there you go. But if you watch one match intently, it's Speedball Mike Bailey versus Will Ospreay. And now has, has, surpassed, yes, uh, as, as surpassed the... Three-way match from Unbreakable 2005 as the highest-rated Impact Wrestling match ever. Ever, yeah. It was incredible. They are sublime together. Those two are That's absolutely sublime. Yeah. It was a great. Every match was great. Everybody worked their socks off. It's what I, it's what I was saying to you. Is one sort of like TNA gives me like sort of like Naughty's Ring of Honor vibes a little bit, especially like, not, not in terms of like the whole show, but like the main event scene because mm. they've, they've all got working boots. Yes. Like. 
They're all grafters. Even like the exhibition, they're all grafters. They're all really good wrestlers, and they all know how to put on a f- good fucking show. Mm. But then Impact sprinkles in as well. Your man shit. So like you had Monsters Ball, which <laughs> was Moose, Rhino, Macklin, and... PCO? PCO, I guess. Because um, he's really signed with Impact. Mm. He's the first official signing of the TNA era. And do you know what? And, and we talk, I talked about this with Scott. Because like, I asked him, like, what, you know, has the parameters changed for what you're looking for? in signings now you're becoming TNA again and he yeah. said well look at the first two signings it's PCO and Leon Slater you've got PCO who's like a, a wrestling legend and you've got Leon Slater who is absolutely a future legend yeah. so he's, he said like we want like the stars of the past and we want the stars of tomorrow we want a, a cross section of them all you couldn't find a, a wider juxtaposition with the first two TNA signings know, yeah. PCO <laughs> Leon Slater yeah <laughs> one of them could do a, 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 like a crazy delayed swanton 450 fit and the other is Leon Slater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love just seeing Trapezio try and do a delayed four fifty swanton. <laughs> Amazing. So, but backstage, um, delayed four fifty. He's got a four fifty and a delayed swanton. He does a fucking roll onto the apron and nearly breaks his back every week. Yeah. Just, just, just for boredom. Yeah. Um, there was uh, one uh, not- notable person backstage at Bound for Glory, and that was CM Punk. So he wasn't backstage at Bound for Glory. Sorry, the yeah. night after the Bound night for after Glory. Back My apologies. Glory. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> A lot of CM Punk news this month. It's uh, as, as it has been the case for... Maybe three years. Yeah. <laughs> so so we'll, we'll, we'll go from the start. Of course, CM Punk fired by all the wrestling. <laughs> um, with calls in early September and then emerges on October 6th that CM Punk was in talks with WWE or like oh here we go brother 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 <laughs> um, House of Wrestling um, of course they're very close to CM Punk from all their reports even cite them in that Tony Khan report that we mentioned um, that, to- that Punk was a safe bet for a return to the Real Survivor Series which will take place on November 25th in Chicago so we'll see if he's back on the, on the November end of month review. We will find but, out soon. Um, what we have from here is that all of a sudden, though, within about two days later, talks are off. Um, Punk is not going back to WWE. It was this report by FIFA Select that they weren't in talks about return. House of Wrestling then say the two parties were no longer in talks. Dave Melton then reveals that CM Punk was rejected by WWE. And Melton says, yeah, they turned him down. He wanted to go there, and the decision was a no. It could always change, and it was brought up to me like, look, there's no such thing as no forever, but it's no for now. That is the decision that was made. It's Vince's decision, Vince McMahon, of course. Vince, Nick Khan, Paul Levesque, uh, Triple H. Obviously, they decided the negatives outweighed the positives. You can't argue with that. It could always change, and it was made very clear to me. Meltzer, of course, known for repeating himself, but I shall repeat it for you anyway. Um, If WWE's business went down, they know it's a card they could play, but is it worth it, and how bad is their business going to go down, really? So WWE rejects CM Punk. Uh, Basically, the feeling is the company's hot right now, and they feel they don't need another big star at the moment who is going to command millions of dollars. Mm. It's true because it is true. It's I feel like he's kind of like an emergency button that you might press. Yeah, like WWE has a little down to Punk. Yeah, I don't think you necessarily need Punk in the mix right now. It's just that Punk wants to go back and they're like, yeah. The one thing that struck me was, and we've talked about it previously, so it's not news this month, but it was when Punk, there was that time where Punk might come back and there was there was the, the reports and the innuendo that Punk wanted to work with Kevin Owens. 
Yeah. But this is when Kevin Owens was in the middle of like the, the biggest storyline <laughs> on the planet. And I was like, why, why jettison that for the sake of a CM Punk match? And I think that says everything about the position that WWE and creative has been in this year. The fact that we all kind of went, don't bring back Punk for that. Don't, don't interrupt that flow. Yeah. You know, it says a lot. And I think that right now, as, as great, as exciting as it would be, as internet-breaking as it would be for CM Punk to turn up at Survivor Series in Chicago, don't think they need it. Right now, at least. Yeah. Who I mean, knows? The, the show's already sold out. Yeah. So you don't need that extra oomph. And they don't even need, like, pay-per-view buys because every fuck has got Peacock or yeah. the WWE Network. But it's a bit like, okay, yeah, we've got the money. So the show's already done well, and it's up to you whether or not you do it. And it'll sort of be... They might bring it back of, like, if, like, one of their big stars gets injured or he disappears or so it might be like okay yeah he's a bit of again he's a he's an emergency break glass type yeah proposition and that's also if cm punk does want to go back i mean well he does a counter report counter reports yes. and, and according to cm punk's camp he does want to go back. okay because who doesn't want a big bag of money exactly <laughs> um but speaking of punk though while doubly are not interested that doesn't mean everybody isn't interested aw of course are off the table for now mm-hmm. <laughs> for now at least until uh, something changes there maybe. it depends on what that big announcement was on dynamo uh, oh god yeah <laughs> jesus christ um so we've got that um w's off the table tna very much on the table should he want mm, so this is interesting CM Punk was backstage at Impact earlier this year. They had the Spring Slugfest tapings. This was sort of in the weird peeve between to- um, while Punk was away from AW and then returning, where he's like just doing his roving tour of promotions in the United States. Um, played Uno, played Connect Four with Jordan Grace, all this sort of good stuff. And he was back again post Band for Glory. Um, he was actually invited to Bound for Glory, though. Uh-huh, yes, so this is what we heard. What we know um, is there is interest in CM Punk. So he's the proverbial bell of the ball if you're in Pat <laughs> Wrestling. Um, they made him a money offer to appear at Bound for Glory. Punk didn't accept the offer, though, um, and he was instead in attendance for the Chicago Blackhawks home opener on October 21st. He does a video package for that, being like, hey, aren't we all good, Chicago? It's time for the new season. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I didn't watch it, but <laughs> I'm sure that's what he said. Um, but... CM Punk may have turned down the offer, but Ibu of Wrestle Purists, um, another person who's good for CM Punk scoops, um, he basically says that it wasn't like Punk just outright shut the offer down. He sort of went, that's nice. I'm not going to take it, but that's yeah, a nice it offer. It felt a bit like Punk was friend-zoning Impact Wrestling. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, that's sweet, but no, I'm not interested. <laughs> so th- this, this is what Evie says. He goes, they really want him to sign. Like, they really want him to sign. They made it very clear every two seconds, this is while Punk is backstage at post Battle for Glory, like, nudge, nudge, jokey joke, like, you're coming, right? That kind of deal. A lot of that. He was obviously non-committal to the highest degree when it came to that whole thing. His whole view was, I'm just chilling. It was then said he was offered to appear at Bound for Glory. They went, we'll pay you to appear at this show. Um, I've lost my page. Where we are. <laughs> um, they wanted to be at Bound for Glory. There was a money offer just to show up and appear. People, when they heard about this, and it was kind of just like, oh, it's impact. He didn't turn up his nose up at it. He didn't scoff at it. He didn't take it. But he didn't kind of do the jerk-off motion and just throw it in the garbage. His whole thing, according to people from his camp, is Impact treats him really well. And so he respects that, and he appreciates that. And he does genuinely appreciate how they really want his services. And so he's just kind of like, oh, that's nice. They offered me a B-Battle Glory. I'm not going to take it, but that's nice. <laughs> um, 
And part of the reason why he turns down Bath for Glory, this is according to Punk's camp. I don't know how much I believe this personally, but the idea is that it's hockey over wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they really want him. They treat him really well backstage. Punk has lots of people who are really nice because it was also said he basically goes because he wants to speak to three people. It was he wanted to speak to Will Osprey. Um, of course, they've had history going back to sort of 2019 going, I'd love a match with Will Osprey. Yeah. I'd love a match with CM Punk. It just hasn't happened yet. Um, Josh Alexander he wanted to speak to and Freddie Kazarian because they're both in AEW together so they could just shoot the shit. Basically. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I love the idea of a Punk Osprey match. Hopefully played Uno again. We don't know. See, that's the thing I would mention. I didn't see any Uno. No, no Uno. Was there any board games? Um, am I giving too much away here? They had Tapple on the coach. What's that? I think you've you got all the letters around the alphabet on there and you have to say different things with different letters mm. in the alphabet. Like Scrabble, but not. Kind of. They had Tapple. Mm. That's, that's, that's the only inside you're getting from me. They played Tapple. Kids, Impact loves board they games. They had Tapple and there was pizza and beer. Ooh, that's pizza and beer. Pizza ta- and beer. Where, where was the pizza from? Uh, it's from a place in Newcastle, and they just bought loads of them and then took them on the boat, took them on the bus with them to was get on the commentary with. I love the idea they got they got they went to a takeaway and walk or something. And just probably, yeah, the, pizzas, the, it, yeah, the boxes looked like they were from a, a whacker takeaway. Yeah. So that was, but I saw no Uno, no Uno, all Connect Four, all Connect Four. Um, but what is considered a major hurdle though is. Um, CM Punk is basically around on $3 million a year while he was in AEW. Yeah. And this is about 15 to 20 times more than what Impact's top earners make. So this is seen as sort of like a major stumbling block. Of, of course, TNA will have more. Well, it looks like it's going to have a bigger budget because of everything about the rebrand. Mm. But could they stretch to $3 million a year? Mm. Mm. But of course, the option is there for if Punk wants to come in for like, let's say, three months. And yeah. they'll go, hey, we'll give you a little tickle. You might go in three months. So they might do. I mean, it, it, it depends because it's not like Punk needs the money, but if he wants to have fun, yeah, can go with TNA. Punk and Osprey are in the same boat in that regard. Both love what Impact's all about. But they might with Osprey, they're there. Like I think when Osprey finished his last match in Newcastle, like he sent the fans home and he was like, "You think I'm a TNA kid?" Yeah, I'm a TNA kid, and uh, and I think the vibe is he wants to come back again before his New Japan contracts up because he can do like gigs like that. Yeah. Under his New Japan deal. It wouldn't shock me was it Hard to Kill. Yeah, I, I get the vibe they'll have a Will Ospreay match at Hard to Kill. I feel like that's, that seems like the sensible thing to do. But, but Punk as well is somebody that they, I think, again, if they want to have fun. Yeah, but, but speaking of Ospreay, it looks like he's wrapping up with New Japan in February, late January, February time. Mm-hmm. It looks like Tiggity would have, it's got to both said as much. That he's like, and for more aware of Will Ospreay, we'd love to have him. But it's, could they afford him, yeah. basically? That's a lot of that. It's a lot of, it's a lot of you know, Speculate to accumulate. But but speaking of CM Punk being the bell of the ball, though, Billy Corgan of the NWA said, if CM Punk wants to come, fuck, he basically went, I can't afford you, but if you want to have fun, come to NWA. Come on and, over. And good things look to be on the way for the NWA as well, because well, Billy Corgan said they have secured a TV with a top 20 network. That network is believed to be the CW, who are technically the 25th biggest network, but we'll let him off for five ah, places. Ah, we'll let him off. Um, and the CW, of course, famous for stuff like Arrow, The Flash, some other superhero shows <laughs> uh, from DC. But 
good stuff for NWE coming. Uh, uh, the the one clip that gets circ- that's been circulated from Sawin, which was oh, this is past weekend. Which one? I've seen two. Well, I've seen the one of Father James Mitchell and a bunch of randomers <laughs> just doing coke like in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> like not not as it's not wasn't like a secret thing. They was it was, not, a, it was an actual like, segment that they filmed. And it's not Coca Cola either. It's family no. cocaine. <laughs> yeah, they were had their cocaine on the table and they were doing. And I was like, <laughs> the comment was like, holy shit, NWA is cool again. And you've got Tim Storm just being like, what's going on? <laughs> so Tim Storm is like, oh, no, my kids are watching this. Um, and what, the other clip I didn't see was Matt Cardona, of course, went back to the end of the way. He popped up. Yeah. Um, he wanted an end of the Will's title match. Didn't get it. But it looks like he'd be there for a little, maybe a little while. We'll see. I think they're going to go with Cardona and EC3 for a show. Yeah. It seems like, I think it'll be a, a short run. Good time, not a long time. Yeah, well, the whole thing with Cardona, because he popped up about for glory as well. The whole yeah. thing is that um, he doesn't want to be under contract, and but these companies want to sign him. Yeah. He just he just doesn't want to be signed anywhere. Um, but what we did also have is, I've seen the clip of Matt Cardona doing with Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan's like, go to hell, Matt Cardona. Go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs> He's like, oh my God. <laughs> Stop <laughs> shouting hell. <laughs> But I saw some people shitting on him. Personally, I enjoyed it because it, it was a bit rubbish. <laughs> I, enjoyed it. I do like shit. We do like then. a bit of bollocks in our wrestling, don't we? Um, so, yeah. uh, and this was not bollocks. This was a Cultaholic exclusive that we, uh, yeah. our, our last beefy story of the month. Uh, and um, Big Fraser Phrase. Big Fraser Phrase got this one. And it's uh, to do with possibly some shiny new hardware in the WWE. Yes. So... Now, the belts aren't 100%, but what we've heard is that there are possibly new tag team title belts mm. on the way. Um, and they were screen tested at a recent episode of Raw, October 16th episode of Raw in Oklahoma. They had two sets of belts there doing all the screen tests where they had them on a table and you had a production assistant sort of unveiling the belts, being like, oh, what do these look like? Mm. All, all this sort of shiz. Um, so... Looks like the Spartan belts are on the way. Now, we don't know whether they're like going to be sort of cement the undisputed titles or whether they're going to split them, but they've, they've got the options there. Mm-hmm. But one side is an old gold belt with black straps, and the other side is a gold and silver design with one red and one blue strap. Mm. So one would sort so you could do what you want with them, but they're the sort of ones that have been done. Now, we don't know if or when they will debut, but our source did say that they're the, it, um, it appears they are in the fa- early stages of final approval. Ah. So lovely new shiny belts possibly on the way. So I presu- and, and the way that they were screen testing them with like the velvet uh, cover. And, and all the table the stuff. All yeah. that stuff suggests that it might be something presented to the Judgment Day. Ooh. I, may, I would have thought... That as would make, the, well, they are the, the champs, champs right now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it might, might make sense to do it that way. But, but we've heard this sort of rumours all year as well, as that they're, they're going to probably split the belt at some point or that new hardware could be on the way. Because mm. we, we were thinking that they've pretty much rejuvenated every title except the tag belt since 2010. Yeah, this, those those tag belt designs are, are very... They weren't the most popular when they landed. No. And they've lasted over a decade. Very long time. Yeah, like they've changed colour, but the design has remained they're, the they're same. Still, they're still old Spartan-y. Yeah, and they just don't really vibe with what the current belts are all about, really. No, we need one of another big logo. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> need another need. big logo. And I know people get annoyed with the big logos, but the big logos aren't going away. It's because, and I get why. It's because they're in pop 
culture, isn't it? It's pop culture. You know, you want to, you want to send a, a, a sports team a WWE title belt. They have that on their shoulder. It's got a big WWE logo on it. Yeah. Of course, you want that your brand to be seen there. We could totally all, get it. We could all blame Patrick Mahomes, who was the Kansas City quarterback, because uh, when they won the Super Bowl this year, it's all he wore for about three weeks. Yeah. And they've gone, well, there we go. We need all the belts to be that. And imagine the win this year, because Taylor Swift is going out with their tight end, Travis Kelsey. So <laughs> we could have Taylor Swift with a WWE title belt. And that would, for mainstream stuff, that would do major numbers. Exactly. So you want someone carrying your company logo on your shoulder. So they, they, they will never get rid of the big yeah. logo. If you, I mean, I love, I would love them for them to have brought back the old world I love heavyweight the classic title. Designs, but yeah. like... They wouldn't. They were never going to. As lovely as it would have been. What they kind of found is a middle ground where they got the old world title belt shape, but the WWE logo, of course, yeah. front and center. It's not as egregious. It's not as egregious as we feared it might be. Um, that, so, those, so those were the big stories of the month. But the cultaholic.com website always has, every single month, some curious clicks that take place. And for some reason, some articles, for no reason other than just because tend to do well for us. So this is a part where we reflect on those weird stories that did really well with the kids that listen and watch and click on cultaholic.com in a section that we call Kids Love. Kids Love. So, Aidan Gibbons from cultaholic.com. I haven't got Fraser to do this with me this week, so I'm doing it on my own. Kids Love! Mr. Blobby returning to pro wrestling. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Now, now, this one is a, is a very UK-centric story. Uh, but, of course, Mr. Blobby is the sort of terrifying and beloved children's giant pink penis thing. <laughs> is that how you describe it? Well, how would you describe it? It's just a big pink blob, a isn't pink it? pink monstrosity. A pink monstrosity. <laughs> where the whole thing is he goes, blobby, 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 blobby. And walks around and just go bangs into things. Just crashes into <laughs> stuff. He's just carnage personified. Um, um, but, but you've got Riot Cabaret, who are sort of based out of London. I believe it's Charles Crowley's promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- they had a 90s rumble earlier this year where Mr. Blobby was the special guest. Check it out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but he comes in, humongous short arm lariats and all this sort of shit. He's a banger of a wrestler, <laughs> Mr. Blobby. And then because he's Blobby, he eliminates himself. Yeah, because he's <laughs> mental. <laughs> But Charles Crowley repeatedly kicked him in the head, and Blobby's now out for revenge. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so on their Charles dis- Crowley has awoken the Kraken the, the that Blobby. is Mr. Blobby. Well, they did the promo where it was like the whole like epic music. It's like the stuff like the Premier Four football matches, like Lord of the Rings, all that sort of stuff. Like, like oh, 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 it's just Blobby, 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 Blobby. And they were like, ah, oh, fuck, here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> So it's going to be Charles Crowley and Session Moff Martina, who are the Ride Cabaret Tag Team titles. Challenging them on December 19th is Mr. Blobby and a mystery partner. Uh, Names we speculated on were Postman Pat Clifton. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Postman Pat. uh, uh, Brum. (laughs) Noddy. And uh, Bob the Builder. Why has no one said Noel Edmonds? But we did say no, but he's also 75 years old. So? <laughs> I don't want him taking a bump, he'll break. <laughs> like, remember Ric Flair's last match, Tom? I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> Kids love Vladimir Kozlov. <laughs> this one's just fucking what the fuck. But, um, so Vladimir Kozlov, he might still be it, but he was, he was at least briefly Impact Wrestling's Russian language commentator. Mm, so, he was. And of course, he's got the whole thing with Santino from years ago. So every now and then, he's just sort of be little tickles backstage at Impact. They just debuted recently and started clotheslining people. And people really liked Vladimir Kozlov being there. He formed a, a unit 
it's it is uh, Oleg Prudius, as he's now known. Yes, along, his real name. Yeah, it's a great name that is. Along with Dirty Dango and um, uh, Oscar Bravo, Alpha Bravo, who is John E. Bravo, dressed as a member of the Shield. Is, is he? Okay. Alpha okay. Bravo. <laughs> Right, fantastic, and so they become a thing—a uh, very, un- a very unorthodox trio, admittedly. Intrigued to see where it goes. I think Oleg Prudius looks great. He looks yeah. in great condition. Is it like he's like forty-eight now? But I still got the muscles. Yeah, and he beat the Undertaker and, and he Triple H. I know. Christ, many could say they've done that. Kids love Hangman Page honoring Hunter Horse Helmsley. <laughs> Memory. Aww. So, Hunter Horse Helmsley is the horse that Hangman rode in All Out 2019. Very soon after he died, sadly. But Hang- the horse that is the horse, not Hangman. Not Hangman he's, he's not dead. But he was on Hey Hey E W, which is a RJ City's YouTube show that he does at AEW. But he went. Oh, tell us about Hunter Horse Helmsley. He went, lovely horse. Doesn't get involved with backstage politics. <laughs> <laughs> so. Hangman Page loves horses. I mean, you'd be shocked as the cowboy that like he loves horses. Just thinking of Hunter Horse Elves, he's sat there going, I'm old, but, but I'm tired, like, and I work with this, fucking, what's a baby horse, fucking pony. Pony. Oh, I, I don't, what, what the fuck is a baby horse called? I remember. I am. Pony's a little horse. Hey, hang on. Hey, Siri. What is a baby horse called? Foal. Foal. I'm old and tired and I work with fucking folds. <laughs> but it was, it was a little bit of a weird recep- reception at points, though. Because you had some WWE fans going, look at them stupid AW young box. Like, that sort of stuff. And it was just but like... This is a horse. It's from 2019, lads. <laughs> like, of course, we're going to have a dig. I mean, they'll have digs now. Because yeah. the, the whole attitude is number two punches up and number one doesn't acknowledge number two. Apart from whether it's NXT. Um, but that was Hunt the Horse Helmsley. Kids love WD rejecting a name pitched by G- Gigi Dolan due to its serial killer links. <laughs> okay. The serial killer in question was Eileen Waters, Vaughn, I might have said it wrong, but she killed seven people. I think it was seven men she killed. I'll find out now. Is this Eileen Warnos or Gigi Dolan? Gigi Dolan, there okay. we go. Um, so, I mean, very rarely is WWE one to turn down a brand new name for a wrestler. I mean, this is the month where we've seen Lexis King debut, yeah. a.k.a. Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, but I think Gigi Dolin certainly somebody that could do with a new paint of coat, as Bruce Pritchard would say. Yeah. And, uh, and a new name with a serial killer connotation is certainly one. But the, the same part of the reason why it was rejected, though, is because of Joe Gacy. So, oh. Because, of course, you've got John Wayne Gacy. I see. Like, we don't want too many serial killers, guys. You don't want too many serial killers on your roster, <laughs> do you? Yeah. Uh, but Eileen Warnus, so she, in 1989-1990, while engaging in street prostitution along highways in Florida, she shot dead and robbed seven of her male clients. Oh, there you go. Uh, but she claimed they either raped or attempted to rape her, and the rapers went in self-defense. Uh, they didn't quite believe this, and she was executed in 2002. I imagine there's an episode of Murder, Mystery, and Makeup Monday. Oh, definitely. Uh, be all Are about they still that one. Oh, of course she is. Oh. Yeah, she's brilliant. She'll, she'll, she'll keep on keeping on forever. Uh, so that concludes the month of October. What a way to in end. the wild and woolly world of wrestling. It has been quite the ride once more. And uh, who knows? What can we? What should we, should we make some bold predictions for November? Um, CM Punk pops up at Chicago. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. But I don't think he will. Uh, do we see LA Knight become the undisputed WWE Universal Champion? No. No. 
It's going to be very boring month, isn't it? I think we could do with a quiet. I think we do a fallow month, couldn't we? I mean, this sort of be the weird from the last sort of two weeks and sort of like very. We've, we've had little bits like the biggest news has been TNA but like in terms of WWE and AW stuff it's just sort of been ticking along really yeah let us know your predictions uh, what we will have in November though Tom yes punk November there you go so a very special uh, podcast presentation that comes to you uh, this coming Sunday uh, Aidan Gibbons has basically put together a dissertation of sorts, which documents the entire journey of CM Punk through AEW. We are calling the series Punk Vember. It is a three-part series all about CM Punk's journey through all elite wrestling. And episode one lands on your podcast weapon of choice on Sunday morning. You'll have every episode every Sunday until... Well, that takes us to Survivor Series then, yeah. after which we'll have an epilogue one way or another. What a way to spend a Sunday. What a way to spend a Sunday. Have a beer, put the football on, get your butt, ignore the football, and <laughs> while it's on silence, better CM Punk. Yeah, my thanks to Aidan Gibbons, who uh, put this together meticulously. And thank you to you, because it's all lovely little snippets in there. Yeah. Very professional. Far more professional than what we usually... It's far more professional than what we normally do. Far more do. professional than the three people that will speak during it and talk about <laughs> Brian and other things. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, whilst it is very deep dive-y and it's very informative... It's got our usual trademark bollocks. Usual bollocks in there. You'll have a good time with it. And that's on the podcast feed from Sunday. Thank you for supporting us here at Cultaholic. And thank you for clicking uh, cultaholic.com. It keeps Aidan Gibbons in a job. Whenever keeps you see an article here. on Twitter or on Facebook... Uh, from the website, uh, make sure you reply by just saying, thanks, Aidan. Yes. We never really give any love as well to the rest of the writing team, and I feel like we should. Nah, fuck them. Fair enough. <laughs> no, no, so no. So that's just... <laughs> yeah, so beyond me, it's Andrew Kelly, our wonderful weekend writer. Big G- love. Gives up his weekends to write for us. So if you, if you see it on a Saturday or a Sunday, reply, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, and he'll, he'll be very confused, but yeah. yeah. Um, Jack Atkins, the big bald man. Congratulations on his hard fought, hard fought letter hard, this week. Hard fought victory. Hard fought victory. That was that was a terrible accent, but there we are. Uh, Fraser Porter doesn't write, but he does all the social media bollocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Lewis House, who along along with this now owns twenty chickens. Wow! Yeah. Very excited for it. I know he's had many eggs so <laughs> Has far. Has he named them? No, I don't believe so. Oh, but Jack Atkins will surely be giving him a call to get some eggs. Oh, he loves an egg. Loves he? an egg. This is this is cultaholic basically creating its own horticulture. Yeah, where like uh, we have one writer that has chickens and another writer that bloody loves eggs. So <laughs> we can expand cultaholic shop with fresh eggs soon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> T-shirts, mugs, fresh eggs. <laughs> Just Jack Atkins is holding egg. Going, <laughs> Jack Atkins approved eggs. And <laughs> uh, we've also got Jack King. He does Tuesdays. Yes, so Jack King, Jack the Jobber uh, is also a writer on the website. Yes. Fondly known as Jack Rinker King. Rinker Like it. He'll hate it, but yeah. <laughs> makes me laugh. Uh, so massive thank you to our extended Cultaholic Multiverse family and Justin Henry from Off of America and Justin as well. Henry. Who is... Uh, it's been one of the longest serving writers yeah. here as well. And it's good to have that, you know, to have not only are we lucky because we've got somebody who is stateside based. He's, he's now our break glass and case of emergency guy where I just shout at him and go, can you do this? Yeah. He's like, yes, I will do it. But one of the most lovely knowledgeable bloke. wrestling minds I've ever encountered. And a lovely soul. And a lovely soul at that as well. You know, what a wonderful combo Justin Henry is. So thank you to the extended Cultaholic Multiverse family. Thank you to you, Tom. Why? Well, I've done nothing. I've been, I've been touring with Impact. I haven't yeah. been paying attention. <laughs>
I've been, I've been elsewhere. You're here too. Someone said, someone said to me, did you, did you do like a behind-the-scenes vlog? And I was like, I was too busy just focusing on that one job. I was too busy trying to sleep as well. Admit, yeah, <laughs> there was that, so we didn't know. But hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We're back next month. Do it all again. He's at the Aiden Givens on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at Coldaholic on Twitter. And hey, see you later, aggregator. <laughs>Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.